Let's open today with a, a simple question here. The research done by E. Mavis Hetherington, a leading researcher on divorce. And the question is, what percent of people who claim their lives had improved after they got divorced? And this was a 20-year study. And we're not going to look at marriage and divorce in depth today. We're looking at spiritual health. But we want to look at what's the difference between worldly wisdom and spiritual wisdom as founded in the way, the truth, the life that Jesus brings. So in the world, people have throwaway marriages and throwaway children, throwaway lives. Let's see, though, how that really works out. And just use the example of divorce. What percent of people claim their lives improved after they got divorced in a 20-year study? We'll come back to that in a minute. Here's a fascinating verse out of Amos chapter 3, verse 12. If you don't know who Amos was, I'll explain in just a moment. But here's what the statement Amos shares. As the shepherd rescues out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be rescued. The picture here is a shepherd pulls a sheep out of the mouth of a lion. All that remains is two legs and a piece of an ear. What does Amos mean? When you understand what he means here, you'll understand why Paul says grace is greater than all sin. We've been looking at Jeremiah 12, 5. If you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? The idea here again is if small things overwhelm you, how can you face a Goliath? We want to be in a spiritual state, a spiritual health that we run with men. They don't wear us out. And then we're ready to say, I can compete with horses. I can face Goliath. We want to be able to handle much bigger opposition in our life. You know, a lot of people, they get stressed out about the small things. They make mountains out of molehills. They become overwhelmed. We want to be spiritually grounded, emotionally grounded, relationships so healthy that we can face the mountains and say unto them, be thou moved. So let's talk about the difference here. Worldly wisdom. How does that really work out? And spiritual wisdom that says if we follow Christ, we'll be able to to run with horses. Consider Yale University that was started to teach people how to become evangelists and preachers. Even Jonathan Edwards from the the Great Awakening was the the president there. Yale is not that today. It's a very liberal place, a very humanistic place, as Bill Johnson shares. Yale's original goal was to raise up revivalist preachers. How do you get from revival center to secular stronghold? Gradually, Compromise starts when we fail to maintain what we have been given. So how does change happen in our culture like we see taking place? What's gradually, and it also is when compromise is there, when we believers don't maintain what we have been given, what Paul and John talk about as the faith. If we stand up in the faith, instead of going with the world or worldly thinking or the crowd, that's when the light pervades the darkness. Consider something very strange that happened this week in kind of that sister school to Yale, Harvard. Harvard University, I'll just read you the headline that came out this week. The new chief chaplain at Harvard is an atheist. Harvard also used to teach people to to preach, share the gospel. Now they've chosen as the chief chaplain an atheist. How upside down can things truly get?
So let's talk about worldly wisdom versus living in spiritual truth in Christ. And when we understand what's rescued out of the mouth of that lion, two legs and an ear, we're going to understand a deep spiritual truth. Listen to the difference here. Back in the 1800s, a believer, W.L. Phelps, a professor at Yale, listen to him. I thoroughly believe in a university education for both men and women, but I believe a knowledge of the Bible without a college course is more valuable than a college course without the Bible. How different things are today. How did they get here gradually and compromised where people didn't stand up for the faith? They didn't pass it on to those that fell behind them, the new generations of their kids, their grandkids. Let me share something here by Jenison Franklin. He shares a, a story. There was a family walking in the woods, and they came across a bunch of mushrooms. So they collected all these mushrooms. They had so many that they knew they could make, you know, some omelets. They could make salads. And, you know, they were going to make some soup. They had so much, they invited some friends over. And they had this great meal with these mushrooms. And then they sat down in the living room and they were just uh, spending time together, having a good time. And the father, he gets up, goes into the kitchen and the cat's lying on the floor next to some food it had taken from the table and it could hardly breathe. It couldn't move. He immediately called the veterinarian. The veterinarian said, what did you have on the plate? He said, we found these mushrooms. The, the doctor said, you've been poisoned. The cat's been poisoned. You need to get to the hospital. He goes into the living room, tells everybody, we got to go to the hospital. They go there. Their stomachs are pumped. They're checked over. They're all sent home. They drive separately back to their place. This family goes back home afraid of what they're going to find, you know, because they've left the cat and they go into the kitchen and what they find in the kitchen is a litter of kittens. There was nothing wrong with the mushrooms. The cat wasn't sick. The cat was getting ready to give birth. And Jenison Franklin shares, have you ever felt like that? What they thought were death pains were birth pains. And if you're discouraged and feel as though your dream is dying, don't give up. It may be you're just having birth pains, not death pains. It's always too soon to quit. When you've been through hell, what's five more yards? Keep going. There might be some here today, you know, that you feel like, you know what, I'm at my breaking point and realize what you might think is the end of something might be in reality, the birth of something. Remember, the statement here by Jesus, Matthew 12, how can you enter a strong man's house and spoil his goods except you first bind the strong man? And what Jesus is talking about here, the strong man is the devil. And Jesus says, how do you set the captives free in the strong man's house? Well, first you tie up or bind the strong man. Then you can set the captives free. And Jesus did that completely. And now he's given us that authority so that when the, the devil comes in our life or demons come in our life, we can stand in spiritual authority and say, I bind the work of that evil spirit over my family, over the generations of my family, over my city. But you can't bind the strong man if you're not in a healthy spiritual place. In fact, if you and I are in a compromised place, living in sin, we try to bind the strong man 
In a real sense, we would simply be laughed at in the spiritual world. But Jesus says we're called to race with horses. And when you and I are in a place to say, I'm ready to race with the horses, when we say, I bind the activity of the enemy in my life and in my family and in my community, there's authority in that prayer. You know, John Wesley and George Whitfield back in the 1700s, they would preach in fields to thousands of people. And, and Wesley at the time would say, you know, don't climb the trees. As he would share, you know, there'd be such an atmosphere of praise and such an emotional sense of God's presence. And some people would be overwhelmed by that and they'd essentially fall on the ground. And so he'd say, don't climb the trees. This is such a holy place. You might be overwhelmed by the presence of God. You fall out of the tree. Incredible. But how do things change gradually? Compromise. The Methodist church, you know, they've compromised much of that same mission. Their mission used to be organized to beat the devil. Now, not just Methodist church, but every denomination seems to be having this sense of compromise. And how did things get to where they are today gradually when people don't stand up for the faith? Let me give you a prayer that you can begin to pray in your life over other people, over yourself, over relationships, over your, you know, your own situation with a job. And this is Camille Blinn. And it's simply this. Speak out loud right now and share these words. And here's the words. This is what it is to stand up and declare a, a promise to declare a prayer to stand in spiritual authority and the words are simply you know fill in the name here so you can simply say you know john doe is fully healed in every part of his body by the resurrection power of jesus christ maybe it's your finances you say you know my finances they're fully every aspect fulfilled that I need in every part of my life by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ or my marriage is fully healed in every part of my life and my spouse's life by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ there's another example from Eric Johnson to share these verses declare them on a daily basis over your family and to, to write these down and come back to these verses on a, a daily basis but begin to speak them out in spiritual authority and watch your life change watch the spiritual atmosphere of your house change your community change Joshua 24 15 but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord Psalm 90, 16, let us, your servants, see your work again. Here's the second half, let our children see your glory. Parents and grandparents, have you prayed, declared it, spoken out loud that let my children see your glory? Luke 1, 50, he shows mercy from generation to generation. To speak that out over your life, your family's life. Or Acts 16, 31, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be saved along with everyone in your household. To speak that out over your own home and say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm saved. So shall be everyone in my household. You see, it's the difference between walking in spiritual truth and compromise which one wins? 
walking in that spiritual truth and saying, I want to stay in the light as he is in the light or to live a life of compromise with sin and self and worldliness. You can look at world wisdom. You can see it in the mainstream media and it's the fears, the anxieties, it's the fighting, it's the unrest. Again, it's a a society of throwaway marriages, throwaway children. Let's see how that works out in reality. Again, E. Mavis Hetherington, a leading researcher on divorce, what percent of people who claim their lives were improved 20 years later after divorce? Well, the percent of people that claim their lives improved 20 years after the divorce, 20%. 20%. But listen to this. The percent of people that said their lives were the same or worse emotionally and socially. What percent of divorced people said their lives were the same or worse emotionally and socially? 70%. Half the people in this country and half the marriages end in divorce. It's again, it's a simple thing to do, but that's worldly wisdom. Does it work out? Listen to the rest of the study. The suicide rate for divorced men See, we don't just study statistics to say how interesting. Let's see how this worldly wisdom works out. The suicide rate for divorced men is four times higher than their married counterparts. There's the next part of the study. They found a physical health. What did physical health look like for people that got divorced? The situation for divorced adults Being divorced, slightly less dangerous than smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Why? Because it breaks people, it breaks families, it breaks emotions, it causes illness, it causes exhaustion, it causes stress, it causes pain, getting divorced. Health-wise, you're smoking a, a pack of cigarettes a day. And it's not to say there aren't some people that their marriages legitimately, they they came to an end. But again, in a throwaway society where half the marriages end in divorce, that's worldly wisdom. What does it look like in reality? So let's go back to Amos 3.12. As the shepherd rescues out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be rescued. Amos, in 760 BC, was a shepherd called to be a prophet. He goes to Israel in the north. He begins to call them back from compromise. They had given themselves to idolatry and sin and selfishness. He's calling them back. You remember the statement in Judges. What does it tell us? People did whatever was right in their own eyes. And Amos is speaking into that same spiritual darkness Call people out of that. And he says, here's what grace is. Grace is like a shepherd that rescues out of the mouth of a lion two legs and a piece of an ear. And so shall the children of Israel be rescued. The children of Israel is whosoever believeth in God and proclaim that Jesus is risen from the dead. So get the picture here. The shepherd, he sees a lion, it devours a sheep. 
the lion, Satan, Jesus, the shepherd. And the only thing left of the sheep is what? Two legs and an ear. Why two legs and an ear? Well, two legs and an ear are, are the worthless parts of the, the lamb itself. You don't eat the legs and the ear. So the worthless part is what's left. He rescues, pulls out of the lion's mouth, two legs and an ear. Well, he says he's rescuing that lamb. What's the picture here? The only thing left is two legs and an ear, and God said, that's enough. That's enough for me to resurrect, to restore, to renew a life. And maybe you feel all that you have left today is just two legs and an ear. And if that's your situation, you know, take heart because God is a restorer, and God said, that's enough. And maybe you simply come to God and say, God, you know what? I've lived in sin. I've lived in compromise. I've done things in my past I'm not proud of. And all I have to offer is two legs and an ear. And he says, that's enough. It's just like when the disciples, they said to Jesus, when the crowd gathered, how are we going to feed all these people? He said, what do you have? And they said, a couple fish and a couple loaves. And he said, that's enough. So when you and I say, all that's left, God is two legs, a piece of an ear. He said, that's all I need. We have to recognize, although we are left with only a little, that little is much if we give it to God. Here's a great life principle from Tony Robbins. You know, if you're stopped by your past or you're stopped by the stories or you're stopped by whatever it is you fear. Maybe your dream's dying. It's not necessarily a death pain. It might be a birth pain that today could be the day that you begin to rise up and run with horses. As Tony Robbins shares, you know, perfection is the lowest standard in the world. Perfection is the lowest standard in the world. Why? Because if you're trying to be perfect, you know you can't be. So you have a standard you can never achieve. And so what do you have? You have an excuse not to try. And so if you have a dream, a calling, something you know you should be doing, and you're saying, well, I'll do it once A, B, and C are in alignment, you're waiting as an excuse. Perfection will never happen. The reality is you'll never be more than 80% sure. And so if you have a ministry, a goal, a dream, and you're waiting, it's time to say, love God, do the next thing. Take the step. Evangelist Hakon Fazervich in Norway. The economy was very bad where he was. One day a fisherman said, I got a new boat. Would you pray a blessing on this boat? And Hakon just anointed the boat, said a simple prayer of blessing. Next day, this fisherman came back. He had a, a huge haul of fish. The other men and their boats did not. They asked him what happened. And he said, I asked this man to pray for my boat. Suddenly all these other fishermen, they come up to Hakon, will you pray and bless our boats? And he goes through and puts oil on the boats and says a prayer of blessing. And suddenly all the fishermen are bringing in these huge hauls of fish. So much so it makes the news. Then the businesses in town, they say to Hakon, would you come to my business? And so he's going to businesses, anointing the building and praying a prayer of blessing. And suddenly the economy turns around. 
incredible. That's what happens when you have spiritual health that you build in. You don't compromise. You're ready to run with the horses. Again, remember, when everything falls apart, it's God that restores. All he needs is two legs and an ear. You know, Danny Silk is a pastor, an author, a speaker, but his life took a difficult turn. You know, he watched as his mom and dad got a divorce. He was only seven years old, but things got worse after that. He said by the time he would graduate high school, there'd be 20 different men in and out of his mom's life. So what he learned is relationships are a throwaway thing. Family doesn't matter. At 21, he went to church, though. All this dysfunction in his past, and for the first time, he sees men that love their wives and wives that love their men. And he meets this girl he knows he wants to get married to, but he says, with my past, how's that possible? Again, two legs and an ear. But they get married, and things go very badly. But now he's a believer in Christ. And he said, I had one belief. And I said it out loud hundreds of times. Because of the example that I saw in these men, these women, these husbands, these wives. And out loud, he said hundreds of times, I would say, it's possible to be married to one person. It's possible to be married to one person. It's possible to be married to one person. Eventually, he and his wife, their marriage started to blossom. And today they have married seminars to, to speak to other couples about, listen, if all you've got is two legs and an ear, you've got enough. Because God restores, God renews, God resurrects. And it's time for you and I to, to walk in that light as he is in the light, not in worldly wisdom. To begin to confess and declare, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let my children see your glory. To begin to walk in a sense of faith that says, I'm going to run with the horses. And when I bind the enemy's activity, he's going to be bound. It's always too soon to quit. When you've been through hell, what's five more yards? Keep going. Because we serve the one who is risen and can resurrect your dream, your life, my dream, my life. Pulls us out of the mouth of the lion and restores us to a rightful heritage to in him live and know and have our being.